1: Hi it's Dave here and this is my wife Cathy. Hello. This is The Cinema, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. Right, today we are doing our end of year TV episode. So if you haven't seen it already, we have completed our best films of the year episode. It's in your feed right now. Now we are turning our eye towards the smaller screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking about TV. So tell us Cathy, what what are we going to run through today?
2: We're going to run through our best. So we each have a top five, which is completely secret. We do not discuss these lists in advance of recording.
1: Yeah, what we do is we both look at our phones over dinner at each other. And, and ignore then glance other. up and say, oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're each going to go through our top five, uh, ranked from five to one best TV. Then we are gonna discuss our honorable mentions. Then we have a new category this year, best episode. Mm. Um, Another new category. Got some good ones for this. Best binge. Yeah. David's best episode, not episodes.
1: I may have several. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then guilty pleasure which we always have, then we're going to have most disappointing and of course everyone's favorite list, worst, worst of the year. Worst
1: TV of the year. And as always there's no spoilers. No spoilers. In any of this, this is uh, us telling you the good stuff that happened on TV this year. But it was an interesting year for TV in in general, I think. Like obviously what what are the bi- we were just trying to figure out what are the big cultural water cooler moments that happen in TV Succession stands out as one the, ed, the final season of Succession frenzy around
2: Succession and we did weekly episodes on it on our Patreon um, and had a lot of fun doing that and it felt like compared to other years we were reflecting that it doesn't feel like there's been that many TV water cooler moments when we no. think of stuff like last year where we had House
1: of the Dragon and Reef White Lotus Power happening White Lotus yeah there was
2: a lot going on um, it felt a bit different and I have to say this year I've kind of str- I've watched a lot of TV but I've struggled a bit to... I haven't had as many competing for my top five list as yeah. I usually would have had.
1: Well, I think this is interesting because I think this is... Uh a a symptom of the the complete like um, diversification of of uh, platforms Mm -hmm. right we have way way more there's Paramount Plus now there's Mm -hmm. Lionsgate Plus like and there's and there's too much TV like I keep saying
2: oh wait there's a TV show that like Julia Roberts is in but I don't even have that platform and I can't watch it so there's stuff there's too
1: much stuff being made yeah there's stuff with huge Names that nobody's seeing, mm-hmm. and nobody's watching the same thing. So there's few things that are bringing everyone together in the way that kind succession of succession does, became yeah. a cultural. Landmark. Needs to be
2: a big HBO show, and it needs to be a weekly release. Yeah. That's now, what we know. Now
1: the other one we did come up with is probably you know reality TV and and sports are things that kind of bring people together. We don't well, watch we sports, know that. but I've squid, heard it
2: brings people together. <laughs> squid
1: Game, The Challenge. I think a lot of people, a lot of people watch watching that. Watch and we watched and we're talking about. Uh, and then you've obviously things like Love Island and that, which we didn't watch, but it's going on in the background. But but I couldn't think of any other big, yeah,
2: fictional. I think a big a big show a lot of people were talking about online was Jury Duty. There was a lot of buzz around that. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people in Britain were watching Happy Valley, which, in fairness, we missed. So I but think I, yeah, I still it's... think
1: if you went into your office tomorrow and asked ten people, oh, have you seen Jury Duty? I don't think I don't you're know. gonna get the same but cultural awareness. Was watching.
2: Like Succession had huge plot points on like the front page of newspapers. Exactly. Yeah, that, I mean sales. that that's
1: cultural juggernaut yeah. stuff. Anyway, let's get into it.
2: Interesting year in Irish TV, though we do have to say. Yeah. In, oh yeah. For the TV landscape in Ireland. So for anyone who doesn't know, which is probably most of our listeners, there's been a really big scandal in public um, broadcasting in Ireland this year. So our national broadcaster, who's RTE, there's been all sorts of shenanigans around funds and how they were spent and how there was kind of secrecy and misreporting and kind of blowing up around presenter salaries and they were brought up in front of the Oireachtas Um, to kind of give accounts of their expenditure that was all very muddy and very unclear. And what's happened is the resounding effect is that the license fee, which everyone in Ireland's supposed to pay, there's been absolute backlash from the public who don't want to pay it because they feel like their money's being mismanaged. And it's turned into an absolute crisis for the public um, service broadcasting, really. Now, I really believe in public service broadcasting. We still pay our license fee. We always will, but... I can understand why people don't want they to pay They have it. really
1: spent all the goodwill. Yeah,
2: goodwill's and, gone. And
1: also, like, um, for anyone who doesn't know, which is the majority of you, the uh, the, the biggest show in Ireland, both culturally and uh, probably ratings-wise, is The Late Late Show, which is also the longest-running late-night talk show, I think, in the world. Yeah, it is. It's been going for like 60 years. Um, no, not 60 years. Something like that. And the, the host of that, Ryan Tupperty, was caught up in the centre of this whole scandal. Yeah. Um, kind of na- national sort of icon and has fled the country in disgrace like, like <laughs> He's this not is
2: fled the country in disgrace that is such an overstatement yeah, uh, I'm, I'm turning <laughs> this into a sensational, a sensational drama for our foreign not. listeners But Patrick Kilty has replaced him as host uh, and I think he's doing a brilliant job and our audience will all know him I think yeah. uh, Really big big show to step into really big shoes to fill all in the midst of a scandal I was really impressed by him and there's your update on the Irish TV landscape One more thing we wanted to talk about really briefly before we get into our top five Um in terms of like TV news this year Is obviously like the writer's strike The actor's strike Yeah That will all really impact What's going to come out next year So if we thought this year Wasn't a great year for TV yeah, I gonna look be, forward to next year It's going to be really dry landscape It's going to be a lot of scripted for, uh, uh, Unscripted um, But one of the interesting things That happened this year Is of course all the late night shows Had to stop uh, you know like John Oliver and all the rest of them stop because they're heavily written they have writers rooms and then Drew Barrymore who was the daytime shock shock show uh, attempted to cross the picket line and keep working I think she had noble intentions whereby she's like you know all the the crew are out of work and I want to get back to it but it did not uh, I go know, down you, well you're
1: either, you either stand in solidarity yeah, or you don't Drew Barrymore
2: that ain't it and that I feel I felt for her but I also think it was ridiculous of her Um. anyway we before we get to our top five just wanted to shout out to our patrons um, who are incredible and who support the podcast and we have so much fun with particularly with TV because we do a lot of episodic recaps of TV over on our Patreon and we also um. yes
1: this year alone we did uh, we've done episodic recaps of The Last of Us all of the last season of Succession we're doing For All Mankind now and we do monthly tv we've been watching episodes yeah. for them and, and, we, and we loved chatting a- with spoilers
2: spoilers for like silo and hijack and kind of loads of those big shows yeah. um and thanks to our patrons for their kind of uh, incredible generosity we've been able to donate a lot of money to charity this year which we do every year um because you know we never take for granted that we have that support and this platform and so just briefly some of the money we've donated this year in february we gave all of our patron income to unicef um who were fundraising for the Turkey and Syria earthquake support? Um, in June we gave our all of our patron income to belong to, uh, who are incredible youth service. Um, their national organization for LGBTQI uh, young people in Ireland. In September, we gave all of our patron income to international medical corps because of the floods in Libya. And then in October and December, we gave all of our patron income to Doctors Without Borders for their work in Gaza, uh, in terms of both medical aid and their kind of ongoing campaigning for a ceasefire in Gaza. So just to kind of take a note, it's been a tough year um, and there's a lot going on. But what we're going to do now for the next hour or so is just for fun, talk about TV because TV brings us a lot of joy.
1: Let's 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 use it for the escapism that we yeah. all need. But a big thank you to to all our patrons and all our listeners for like our all continuing support. to support us and listen to us and, and enable us to to, to donate do that. to charities And
3: our
2: patrons, you'll hear from some of them at the end of this. They're going to talk about their best and worst TV of the year as well. So yes. at the end listen out for them.
1: Right, Cathy, I'm going to go first this time because you went first on our on our mm-hmm. uh, movie episode. Right. My number 5 TV show of the year and I struggled with the top 5 like I did with the movies. I had maybe Again, seven or eight which could have made it in I didn't
2: uh, I struggled to get a top five.
3: Oh really yeah
1: okay well well I've got a five which I think does deserve to be here uh, and it's beef on Netflix which I panic finished
3: <laughs> two days ago
1: because <laughs> we were coming up to the end of the year and I was just like we always do this oh I was like oh we never finished that show beef which was really good for some reason and then I saw so I, I, I watched Seven episodes of beef In the space of two days
2: <laughs> Well done By
1: myself So is there a recency bias on my phone A bit <laughs> as well There's a bit of recency bias But I think this show Deserves to be on, on my list mm-hmm. It deserves your attention Did, If you
2: If you can watch seven episodes Over two days That's a sign of a good it's show It's a good little binge mm-hmm.
1: Um, I If you don't know What this is about It is about Um two people who are in a road rage incident within the first five minutes of the first episode and they're played by Stephen Yun and Ali Wong Um, and that road rage incident between these two characters just spirals into an ongoing beef between the the two of them which I will say most of the time beggars belief or strains credulity uh, as to kind of what happens or how far they'll go but if you just park that and treat this as a kind of an absurd sort of um, dark comedy um, then it is incredibly good and entertaining this show uh, is very funny like laugh out loud funny it is shocking it is also a really good character drama the two actors are phenomenally Amazing. good in I this. have
2: watched the first few episodes and I loved it. It's, and then I don't know why we stopped watching it's it. It's
1: really good. I don't know. It's, sometimes things just fall mm-hmm. off. there's too much TV. Um, but this is also, uh, it's very stylish. It, yeah, every episode starts with a big like boom, bombastic intro, which I love. And every episode finishes with incredible 90s needle drops. Like songs from the 90s just crashing in for fantastic... Uh, cliffhanger climax. I love Ali Wong. This show has an incredible momentum. Ali Wong is a revelation in this. For anyone who doesn't know, she's like more famous as a stand-up comedian, Has mm-hmm. some good... We've seen a couple of her, uh, her Netflix comedy specials. She's amazing. Stephen Yun, I, th- I think he continues to like Meteoric Rise was Oscar nominated a few years, kind of started out in The Walking Dead. But these two are so good as characters who are more alike than they realize. This Mm -hmm. show um, um, presents them. They're on opposite sides of the class spectrum. One of them struggling to survive on the breadline. The other is a multimillionaire about to sell her business. But they're the same person and they hate each other. (laughs) And I think that is a perfect representation of our modern polarized society where you've got in politics, in culture, everyone is just you're either this or you're that Mm -hmm. and everybody is ignoring how we're the same in the middle Mm -hmm. and I think the show has a fantastic beautiful brilliant ending it is an absolute roller coaster. there are only 30 minute episodes Uh, it's on Netflix I highly recommend everyone check out uh, Beef
2: okay brilliant Dave number 5 Beef my number 5 is also a comedy Uh, more funny than that one though in that it doesn't all have the darkness Um, and I think everyone needs comedies this year and I want to recommend this one for people who haven't caught it and it is the Australian comedy Colin from uh, Accounts Oh I love this show. Love this show. Such a weird title. At first I thought it was a bad title, but as the years gone on I think it's a great title because it really sticks out in your memory.
1: It's only a good title once you've seen the show. Yeah, but Because it, it makes sense.
2: But people will remember it though. Anyway, it's very good. It's written and acted by a husband and wife couple. So obviously we love a husband and wife duo. Harriet Dyer and Patrick Grammel. Um, it's Australian. Dave and I lived in Australia for like five years. We miss it greatly. We find the Australian humour to be very funny. So this show was kind of up our street. And it's effectively a meet-cute gone a little bit wrong. And it's a romantic comedy and it's kind of exploring kind of uh, millennials versus kind of Gen Z. So there's loads of that in there. Um, There's an absolute scene stealer who's Helen Thompson. Uh, She steals every scene she's in, she's the mom and uh, oh, yeah. it's just so funny like it's just a funny show I highly recommend it we watch it on RT Player I know it's available on streaming services worldwide because it's been a massive hit for them um, it's on Binge in Australia I can't remember where it is but I, I believe it might be on BBC iPlayer as well anyway column from Accounts just for like pure joy laugh escapism and silliness I highly recommend I
1: also would say it it, it, it the calm is a standout part, uh, but the rom part of it is v- really very romantic. well done as yeah. well. They, I, I mean,
2: they obviously we only recently found out they're actually husband and wife in real life. I mean, yeah,
1: because we were first watching and we're like, they have incredible. Yeah,
2: chemistry. Incredible <laughs> <It's> chemistry. Like, <laughs> that's why. Um, <laughs> so love column from Accounts. And that's my number five of the year okay, for the gr- joy it brought me. Great choice. fantastic. We didn't say at the top and we meant to say, by the way, <laughs> these lists are highly subjective. We are by no means saying you know our number one whatever we each pick is like the best show that was made or the, our this best year.
1: these are our personal our best bests. Yeah, the yeah, things yeah.
2: that we love we also don't get to watch everything that's on TV, as we've already said, and we watch a lot of TV, but there's only so much you, no, can you can't keep up with it all. Yeah. So it's the kind of all this list is subjective. It's based on our personal preferences. Sometimes for me, it's based on what day it is. I might have picked a different movie as my our show is my number five a different day.
1: What Kathy's saying is, please don't send us the angry <laughs> emails saying, "I can't believe you put three over 4 <laughs> This is our. These are our lists. Yeah. Okay.
2: Make your own list. <laughs> and if you're a patron, send us a voice note.
1: <laughs> right. My number four of The year is a show that's not finished yet, so it's kind of a Oof. tricky one. Yeah, I don't know. This is happening more and more. I feel like seasons of TV used to end very succinctly with the seasons, maybe not. Okay, you imagine that maybe I'm imagining this, but it's it's a uh, The Curse, uh, with Nathan Fielder, Emma Stone, and Benny Safdie. I thought this which, was going to be your number one. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I, I toyed with it, I, I put I put I had it higher up the list, but I'm honestly, my top three was so good it was difficult for it to crack it. Um, this uh, is a show Which we're watching On Paramount Plus Which I think <laughs> is Showtime now Or they own Showtime I don't know God knows. I don't understand TV anymore We
2: did get the subscription Just for this show though
1: Yes because uh, Because I am a huge Nathan Fielder fan I love Nathan For You His kind of a, His his long running um, Comedy Central Reality TV uh, Show Love the in rehearsal your top five On HBO year. Well, Yeah that was that in was my in top, top five. five Last year or The year before Um and this is a kind of another left field turn for him. I think he's such an interesting um, creator. So he's teamed up with Benny Safdie, um, who is an actor, who was an Oppenheimer this year. And are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, and is a filmmaker himself with his brother, Josh. They, I think, most famously recently made Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. So um, the the two of them kind of just became friends and decided to, to work on this together. And it's an incredible partnership because what, what you get is... It is fiction, but it still is centred around a reality TV show. Um, So you've got the sort of uncomfortable uh, tension that Benny Safdie brings. It's
2: too uncomfortable for me, by the way. I've tapped out of it. I love it, (laughs) It but it it makes me cringe.
1: You will die watching this show of of, of embarrassment.
2: Nathan Field is very good at doing that as well. um, His shows always make me cringe. This one, I though I keep saying, like saying to Dave, but tell me what's happening. I want to know, and I'm gonna jump. I jump in and out, but I can't. Sit Kathy through an has episode. to
1: experience this show vicariously through <laughs> me. She can't watch it. So and awkward. I understand, and I, and I really don't think this show is gonna be for everybody. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you get two or three episodes in, and you're like, I can't. That's I think that's totally fine. get out while you can.
2: But Emma Stone's incredible. Emma
1: Stone and Nathan Fielder play a husband and wife in this who are creating a a. A home kind of renovation reality TV show with their director producer Benny Safdie and it's basically they are the three characters and this show is so good because it's like it's honestly we watch a lot of TV and most TV you can be like, okay, I guess this'll happen, and you can predict the beats and you go along with it. This show, episode to episode, I've no idea what this show is about half the time. If if you you, you if you will need a plot to cling to, you're not gonna get it here. Mm-hmm. This is very odd. Um it's basically a a string of kind of scenes and circumstances that mount to embarrassing conflicts. It is a in a brilliant commentary on the constructed reality of reality TV and by extension, Instagram and social media, how people present themselves in in one way, how fake it all is. It is just skewering all of that. It's also skewers um, kind of middle-class privilege and virtue signaling and and rich people, you know, you know, using progressive values as a badge of honor, you know, but without any actual principles or actions or follow through, you know? And it's also like brilliantly about class division, gentrification, um, kind of how insidiously, um, you know, middle class white people come into a community, present themselves as the saviours of that community, and then basically colonise it, like, with a smile, with like-minded middle class white people. It's doing all of that, it's commenting on all of that brilliantly and subtly, while also being incredibly, I think, laugh-out-loud funny, painfully mm-hmm. embarrassing to watch, with, with, I think, one of the best performances Of the year from Emma Stone, who is incredible as Whitney, the wife. Best sex scene of the year. Incredible sex scene, (laughs) which was hard to top for Emma Stone's other (laughs) standout of the year. Poor things, but yeah. um, And also shout out to Nathan Fielder, who is not famous for being an actor, but is a very Very good good actor
3: actor in this. Very good. So
1: that's the curse. Check it out. It's not going to be for everybody, but I I think it's an incredibly, incredible and interesting piece of television.
2: Okay. my number four of the year, and I, I'm amazed it made my I, I, I it was it's really interesting when you sit down and you really think about everything you've watched this year, and like we keep notes throughout the year of what we've been watching, and we record it all on Patreon. So for us, it's easier to pull these kind of lists together because it's all there, and and I'm playing around with it, and you know what I realized I just loved so much, and I what? had to put on my top five list this year, Fall of the House of Usher.
3: Oh yeah, it was so
2: job. good, and we did re I, we did a couple of like Spoiler episodes on it for Patreon But Like I never knew That it was going to be so good Like Dave loves Mike Flanagan shows And I really like Like The Haunting of Hill House Particularly And um, Midnight Mass, Midnight Mass, Mass. Best, Like they're me. really good shows yeah. So when this came out Like I was excited to watch it What I didn't realise So Fall of the House of Usher Is basically It's based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe It's very tongue in cheek and camp and it's like if you took horror which Mike Flanagan is amazing at and you kind of mixed it with the succession. extreme wealth of succession <laughs> yeah, yeah. even throwing a bit of piano music here and there um, and you it's basically charting the, the fall the rise and fall in the House of Usher which is like you know really interesting because it, and I presume this isn't in the original text though so I haven't read it he's basically like an opioid maker so it's like there's you know the opioid crisis in America at the moment that's kind of the setting for this because he's creating all these opioids and he is like a very successful like very unethical like billionaire and then within the space of like two weeks and this is like told to you within the first minute of the season his entire family dies
3: right yeah and then you <laughs> what roll, a great opener for so, a show. like unbelievable
2: yeah. and then you roll back and you kind of you're charting a really cleverly both the two weeks building up to where we met them And then also the previous like 50 years in his life. Now that's some feat. So why I think this made my list is I think it balanced two different timelines, which is a really tough job. Kept me guessing and on the edge of my seat at all times because I never knew what was gonna happen. The death scene. So there's a death scene in every episode exquisite
3: <laughs> now on our best of the
2: year movies we did best scene of the year we haven't done that for TV but if we were my best scene of the year has to be the end of episode of Fall of the House of Usher it's an incredible the end of which episode the first episode.
1: Oh yeah. yeah it's yeah, an yeah. orgy the, death scene. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, yeah. all I'm gonna tell you. Very memorable. Every
2: episode we're like just we're hanging on for the death scenes to see how elaborate they're. Even when be. you know it's gonna happen,
1: it's they're just unbelievable.
2: Like... There's, it, it has a lot of the cast he always uses, so like uh, uh, Little Elliot from E.T. ain't so nice in this one. Uh the cast is incredible. Um, like in particular the dad is played by Bruce Greenwood, who's so good as the body. Um, and then we have Kara Guzino, who's just like eating it up. She loves it so much. Uh, so anyway, I re- if you haven't watched Father His Washer, or if you thought like it's very schlocky, it is. But if you like Succession, I actually think this is like the show for you to kind of move into. Also
1: much like Succession, some cracking monologues. Great in monologues, show, particularly uh, by Bruce Green, and it was
2: so such a binge for us as well. Like, it brought me a lot of joy this year because we just really enjoyed watching. The, it. the
1: other thing is worth worth mentioning that in turn, not, not just managing all of that structure that you described, all those flash flash forwards and flashbacks and different characters, he also managed to make each individual episode an adaptation of an individual Edgar Allan yeah, Poe incredible piece of work, yeah. including you know the Raven and uh, you know amongst others uh, the, the the beating heart. Uh, so like. Yeah, just a fantastically constructed, doesn't really, manages to like not fall over despite the weight of all that.
2: Like I give Netflix a lot of stick, but the Mike Flanagan, the creative the creativity they've allowed him to have and to create the so-called Flanoverse, which was a a term they briefly tried to coin, uh, (laughs) is unbelievable. I think he's almost unparalleled in his space. He's just an auteur at this point. Like it's so specific when you're watching what he makes. It's so obviously made by him and it's so good. So that's my number four for all of the House of Usher on Netflix.
1: Great choice. Um, Okay, my number three TV show of 2023 is something we watched much earlier in the year. We watched this on uh, Disney+. Plus. I think it's a Hulu show. I don't know how it works over there, everywhere <laughs> else. Uh, it's called "Fleischman is in Trouble. Uh, this is a show made by Taffy brodesser is a, and it's an adaptation of her own novel from 2019. It stars Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes, Lizzie Kaplan, Adam Brody, uh, amongst others. Uh, and this is essentially a show about a, you know, a, a man going through a divorce. I think that's how it kind of starts off. Um, and, and it goes in many different directions. Uh, this, is a, this is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant piece of writing and a show. I think it's, I would describe it as Midlife Crisis, the TV show, you know, <laughs> uh, and it shows the many facets of a midlife crisis that you can have um, or, or a mental health crisis from many different perspectives. I think this show has the best rug pull twist of the year. I'm not gonna I'm, gonna. I'm not gonna speak. Even speak to what it is, but it's. It makes you question. You know the reality of everything you're presented. It makes you realize that you never know what's going on with somebody else. Um. It has. Um. One of the best episodes of TV, which I'll mention later, of the, of the of the year. The performances are sensational. Mm-hmm. Claire Danes. You're reminded yet again of what a fucking incredible yeah. actress she is. I think Jesse Eisenberg, Lizzie Kaplan and Adam Brody are all so good together as this group of friends who've kind of college friends who kind of were so close and then drift apart and then mm-hmm. come back together. I mean, I think this also just appealed to me because it's at the stage of life that that I'm at as well, you know, where I'm about to go through a messy divorce.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no Where you're about um, to enter your Tinder <laughs> yeah, era. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, th- I just found this um, and it's, ver- it's very funny. It's kind of darkly funny um, and really like gut-punching, emotional, mm-hmm. uh, heart-wrenching stuff and very philosophical.
2: And very sorry to our American listeners because this did come out last year in America but we didn't get it then. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. We got it this year.
1: I swear it was this year.
2: No, it was this year. Oh, right. Okay. In okay, okay UK and okay. Ireland. Yeah. 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 Very confusing me.
1: And that's my number three of the year Fleischman is in trouble.
2: Okay. My number. Where's my list? Gone? I've lost it. Oh. My number three of the year is a Channel 4 documentary, Russell Brand in Plain Sight. Mm. For anybody who's not I aware of what this, this is, um, Channel 4 did an investigative journalism piece um, for dispatches on Russell Brand. It's a fantastically named show because uh, episode in plain sight because it basically explores his predatory behavior and how He got away with his behavior because his whole persona was, oh, but I'm a sex addict, oh, but I'm an asshole. And when you create that kind of persona around yourself, it actually makes it more difficult for people to bring allegations against you because it's almost, well, yeah, but you know what you're getting in for or you you knew what you knew what he was like before Mm. you kind of went into his bedroom with him or whatever the narrative that somebody might create for a survivor or of sexual assault. it's very it all. You feel complicit when you're watching it because even though we were never fans of Brussels Brand, I've never found him funny. I have never enjoyed even a second of him on screen. I think he's absolutely disgusting. To never watch. understood the opinion, not ever. funny. His humor is vile. But you feel complicit in that way of like Naughty's culture was so degrading to women and the kind of l- he was called he was called Shagger of the Year multiple times. He like. He was on Big Brother's Little Brother, like Channel 4 themselves are complicit in it. So I think it's quite brilliant that they made this because they're calling out their own poor behavior as well, you know, Um, and they calling out BBC kind of famously, he had a a radio show on BBC where there was um, essentially no editorial sign off and himself and Jonathan Ross got to do whatever they wanted. They ended up getting in huge trouble over it. There was a very famous kind of uh, scandal where they left they phoned somebody and, and left a voicemail for him or spoke to him about having had sex with his granddaughter. It was disgusting. But they there was other stuff where he was, like, basically uh, lecherously, like, verbally abusing um, one of the female newsreaders on the radio and, like, nothing was done about it. Like, it's really disgusting. It really holds a mirror up to Naughty's culture. And I think his response to it validates every single uh, allegation made about him because he came out immediately on the offensive about mainstream media and this and that meanwhile this is a man who starred in hollywood movies was on the bbc was on channel 4 is absolute mr mainstream media himself and didn't respond to any of the allegations didn't even make a statement of about like do you know what when i hear while i while i may dispute I, i disagree around criminal actions I maybe see how my behavior was inappropriate and I'll take responsibility for it. None of that. I watched his video where he's just like, yeah, well, I always said I was a sex addict. So he he like fulfills what the show was trying to say, which is his whole hiding in plain sight thing. It's really sickening. Um, it's an absolutely wonderful piece of television. And I was really pleased
1: great piece of journalism it sounds like fantastic
2: well. journalism yeah. and they did it so they, they I, backed up all their sources backed right. everything up oh there's so much work gone into it and they did it with the times I believe so it was the times it was the newspaper and channel 4 was the broadcaster Um, and it's just I think we need to hold a mirror up to our culture and our society more around particularly how we enable perpetrators of crimes and how we enable um, you know violence whether it's language or otherwise physical towards people and who, people who are vulnerable and how people in positions of power can get away with it like one of the examples they said in one of the shows he was supposed to be on and I can't remember which one now they were saying well we don't young women don't feel safe around him and somebody said well just don't put any women on the staff then so like you're going to discriminate women on the staff instead of maybe addressing the fact that people feel unsafe like around somebody Uh, it was was a wonderful piece of journalism I know you haven't caught it yet but um, I recommend it to everyone it's on all four so the channel four player
1: but institutions will protect these people That's why often. I think it's brilliant that Channel happens.
2: 4 made this And I think his whole yeah. point about um, uh, Mainstream media And all this shit is such bullshit Because Channel 4 are holding up a merit to themselves They're admitting their own culpability yeah. Everyone should be able to reflect on the past And learn and grow from it And this is a man who is not reflecting Learning, growing or anything And I believe that there's been several police allegations since um, But it's brilliant It's on all four and everyone should watch it
1: it's a dangerous landscape when you have individuals who can hide behind the um, oh, the mainstream media cannot be trusted. When in fact, this is the kind of journalism and institution that we need yeah. in our society that has been undermined constantly by these bad actors like Donald Trump and Russell yeah. Brand.
2: Who another person, Donald Trump, who gives out about mainstream media will like make you basically the reason you got to be president is because you had a TV show and you were on The Apprentice.
1: Yes, that is literally mainstream yeah. media. <laughs> Uh, these people just don't like To be held to account Yeah um, and, and blame everything As a personal attack And hit piece When yeah. it's not It's just like journalism. Objective ver- Verified Background driven Journalism mm-hmm. Which is in danger Oh my god We said we weren't Going to get serious to <laughs> Where's the escapism um, Okay great choice I, I do really need to uh, f- Catch up on that And support My number two of the year uh, Is uh, Something this, this is It's Succession Succession season four. Um, I struggled. I tr- thought about putting this in first place. My
2: number two of the year, Succession. Oh, as great! Well. Okay,
1: fantastic. Yeah, we so, can both
2: talk about it. I also struggled and thought, should it be number one? But then it feels too obvious. Can, and then, but it is brilliant.
1: Can I say the reason I don't think it's my number one? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll and then and then I'll get into how brilliant it is because it is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but incredible. I think, I think the thing that detracts. The, the, the downside of Succession as of season four and as a whole show is that I feel like it was running around in plot circles a lot. Like, I feel like it, there was not much progression from season one to season four in terms of it. it was always kind of two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. Do you know what I mean? Now, um,
2: But I think that's partially on purpose because there's the a family, lot of spinning its wheels. But families do that. And these characters are like that so I think what, went, yeah. what made it why I admired the show so much was that they just they could have run it for seasons and they're like we're done season 4 is the end and I think that was a spectacular Massively editorial decision yeah, yeah yeah
1: and look that, but that that's to me I just felt like the show was always kind of constantly making gains and then kind of going backwards a little bit now I think season 4 shook things up significantly yeah. which it had not done so previously and we are going to discuss now the key a big plot development that happens a few episodes into season four. I would imagine if whether or not you're watching the show, you are aware of this because it became it was it was from headlines it was everywhere. Yeah. However, if you really don't want to know the big plot development in season four of Succession, and we don't and discuss- you want to catch up.
2: We don't discuss spoilers in this episode, but we're just not considering this a spoiler because
1: this is in the zeitgeist. It was spoiled
2: before we even watched the episode. It was spoiled for us, and we
1: can't really talk about the show without discussing it. However, so we're just giving you a warning now, listener. If you do want to skip ahead a few minutes, um, if you really don't want to know the big thing, but anyway, the big thing was Mm -hmm. three episodes in. um, Last chance, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brian Cox's character. whose name I've forgotten Roy what's his name oh my god what's his, what's his name dad dad roy oh my god I <laughs> forgot his name this is logan dreadful. roy logan roy thank you <laughs> logan roy dies very unexpectedly and i think this was an incredible episode of TV, it was incredible, and an incredible yeah. moment, and and kind of and, and I think a deliberate, the deliberate sort of rug pull by Jesse Armstrong, who said they wanted to surprise people and bring it way earlier.
2: Well, they also Brian wanted Cox to, himself
1: not happy with it. Yeah, Brian
2: Cox like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. notably publicly unhappy. unhappy with but it. But I think what Jesse Armstrong also wanted to do was pull away the centre of the kids' universe. Yeah. And and how do they act now? And that was such a clever because we needed to see the kids out of their dad's orbit finally, I think, for it to come to fruition. And I think it was incredible st- episode when he died. It was incredible when he was gone. And I loved to see, like, the fact that he... <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm not going to go into too many spoilers, but I just think... It- it really shook things up it was what we needed for season four and like talk about water cooler tv like obsessed every week talking about this show it was so much fun Everyone speculating it was like the end of game of thrones like who's gonna land on the throne but i have to say it was a better ending than game of thrones the ending
1: is great ending is i can't i can't fault the ending so um but the things that stand out in this show i think are two twofold to me number one is the dialogue like Jesse Armstrong writes so the best dialogue on, on yeah. TV. It's just sensationally good. Words that you I cannot believe someone thought of this. Incredibly yeah. inventive insults, um, just incredibly insightful things that people say mm-hmm. and the character work and, and the actors, the actors, actors the acting phenomenal. in this show is is higher than I think. And there's some great competition here, but these are, these are the best actors yeah. of the year.
2: It's like the troupe. best ensemble.
1: My God, like Ma- Matthew McFadden, he's oh a God. support actor. Like then you've Jeremy Strong, Kieran Culkin and Sarah Snook really were the trio that, yeah. that are at the center of this. The other thing is the the, the way that, and I, w- I do complain about the general sort of overall plot movement of this show as a whole. That's my main issue with it even though it's overall good and ends perfectly. But but the character work, the way these characters, um, you love them and then you hate them.
2: Yeah, so good.
1: They are so nuanced. Um,
2: like, I'm the oldest boy. Yes,
1: <laughs> So good. Um,
2: and we do have to say Cinema has been reviewing Succession since season one.
1: Exactly. So if you do want to, you know, catch up on our detailed thoughts of Succession, it's all on our Patreon yeah. page. Uh, Patreon. but I really struggled between this
2: and my, uh, this could have been my number one. It's like on a dime. Like, It was a TV phenomenon I think it's up there With like Sopranos The Wire It's up there With like the greatest TV Ever made And I think And deserves to be It will stay up there Because it finished on season 4 Like any good You know Any good story You should know when to finish it And I, I honestly Like the final episode I, I was I couldn't even breathe it was I was so thrilling. tense It was thrilling Thrilling yeah. And an absolutely fitting end And as we're talking about it I'm like Should it have been My number one of the year We had the best fun over On our Patreon Talking to everyone about it It was just Every episode Every
1: episode it. was Was like sensitive. And talk about
2: water cooler Like different. you would jump on a call With like team members And talk yeah. about succession Like that's the vibe Even
1: the horrible sort of The, the one about the, the Political election Like just just Oh that, that was sickening Very uncomfortable Sickening yeah. but like close to the Really bone.
2: holds a mirror up to America Yeah uh, And it ain't pretty Right
1: and, well. and, we, and we didn't even talk about, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the Swedish actor who's the, oh, yeah. the great villain. <laughs> Alexander, Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård, thank you. I mean, yeah. So, so that, Succession, what more can be said about Succession that hasn't been said? Yeah. Uh, I'm very... I, I
2: think we spoke about it so much this year that we are kind of tired of talking about it and maybe that's why we were kind of like, uh, is it my number one or not? Because we feel like We've done it already.
1: Well, listen, listen. But it our reflection—it could have been my number should one. Should have been our
2: number one, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You're regretting your no, list now. I've never. No, I, no I'm
1: going to tell you what my number one okay, is now, okay. and I'm going to and I'm going to tell you why I think it is number one over succession. Because okay. I thought about it. I I'm going to have to justify this. All right. So my number one of the year is The Last of Us mm-hmm. on uh, on HBO. Um, which is the adaptation of the, the video game, mm-hmm. and this was made by Craig Mazin, who uh, is incredible and made Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best TV shows of the century. Yeah. Um, and yeah,
2: I should have listed that up there. It's a, but it's not a serial thing like those shows are. It's a no, well uh, no, but
1: also S- Chernobyl can't hold a candle in terms of cultural landmarks to, uh, Sopranos, Breaking Bad. Succession Game of Thrones Those Mm -hmm. are in a different league Chernobyl doesn't have The water cooler impact
2: That they have But it is a It is a Incredible piece of work And I think The year it came out Might have been both Of our number ones Are very close Yes I think it was And should
1: And deserves to be but Craig Mason made this with Neil Druckmann, who is the the and creator of the video game. So this the, and that is, that is telling from the off because you've two people, and I listened to their podcast behind the scenes. They both spe- had a podcast speaking about every episode. I devoured the behind the scenes of this, and I think the reason that um, this is my number one is because this is a, I think it's a perfect season of television. For a-
2: reference, you were a big fan of the video game. I yeah.
1: Oh, no, I'm naturally yeah. biased. Uh, no, see, I'm just saying see, you- see our comments from earlier in which go away. This is my <laughs> list. Um, th- this is
3: um,
1: this is a perfect season of television. It is a perfect adaptation because you have um, adaptations can either be a slavish reproduction of something which adds which little value mm-hmm. or they uh, they they make a load of changes and often for the worst. Mm-hmm. By having a fresh pair of eyes in Craig Mason, who was also a fan of the game and wanted to do this, sought out Neil Druckmann, mm-hmm. so passion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and having the 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 person that created this and, and loves it and understands this universe, Neil Druckmann, and to have the two of them understand each other, to work together.
2: And I also say Craig Mason, because of the success of Chernobyl, was probably given anything you wanted off HBO. Yes, he was. And yeah. when he
1: came to HBO with this, they were like, oh, really? You want to do this? And <laughs> they were like, okay. Um, But they, they understand, Craig Mazin not only looked at this and worked with Neil Druckmann um, on what is amazing and bringing the core of this story to life, but improves on it in ways I couldn't have foreseen and couldn't have imagined. So as a fan of this, I went in going, this feels to me pointless because the video game is story driven and has a beautiful narrative and characterization. I don't understand how you can improve on that and otherwise you just bring it to life on screen and other people get to enjoy it. It felt like, to me, pointless. But this show and them, they improved on every change they made was for the better. Not only did it improve on the original's uh, narrative and Neil Druckmann himself says, why didn't I think of this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right, when they were making it. But it created an experience as someone who had already played the game and knew the story intimately where I was constantly surprised mm-hmm. by this show for the better. Um, it is meticulously thought out from like character motivation to creature design. It was surprising. It was heartbreaking. It was brutal. It is, I think, just a, a perfect season of, of television. Um, and I and I loved it immensely, and, and so that is why it's my number one. The, of the
2: two year. lead actors, Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal, oh, they are oh, so
1: wonderful together. You you just couldn't improve. You could not improve. And on they're
2: each- like you know they're like best friends in real life.
1: That's lovely, and I and love also that. and also to to uh, to again that's another thing. So con- so connected to Joel and Ellie as characters, having mm-hmm. played the two games, it's hard to it's all that's the other thing you with an adaptation. It's hard to. To suddenly look at somebody else do it But they just became Joel and Ellie to me they They embodied those characters And everything they represent And I would say again Yeah, and kind of improved on it She kind of did her own Ellie a little bit She was and, brilliant And she's so, so good Bella Ramsey uh, Also famous for Game of Thrones And just like, wow She okay. stole
2: the scenes of She Was In a Game of Thrones um, I have to say it's not a category of ours this year but if it was my top crush of the year is Pedro Pascal in The Last of yes. Us um,
1: Zaddy is he, a term was, I didn't know before 2023 incredible. and it's seems to something. be associated with him like
2: whenever he was in a scene I was like how could anyone be just like, standing there and talking to him and not <laughs> not like sorry uh, I just need a moment yeah <laughs> um, okay well my best uh, number one of the year um, is a show that's already been mentioned Fleischman in Trouble oh fantastic and I really struggled between this one and Succession but But I think the reason Fleischman in Trouble made number one for me is, and you've already talked about it loads, but it's a very, I think, incredibly made piece of TV because it takes turns you don't expect, right? It's got a very clever storytelling device. But really what it kind of focuses on is, at its core, what I took from it, um, it's not the Tinder era dating. um I know that you're looking forward to next year we divorce. But it's um, <laughs> the profound effect that motherhood, both in terms of being pregnant, giving birth, having children, the profound effect that has on a woman, I think is incredibly explored. It's very rarely explored. Like you often see shows about people who have kids, right? Like uh, and the kind of, oh, whatever. Go, what goes along with people who have children? but you rarely see the impact of like what giving birth or having a physically having the baby like does to a woman and it was explored in this and um really made me like uh reflect back on my own birth experience and now this is only a small part of the show by the way but it really centered it in one of the episodes and i found that really profound and the kind of sense of like loss of self somebody can have when they've had a kid because you're no longer the person you used to be, you're a new person, you've got a new life that you're responsible for. And what that can do to a marriage, what that can do to a person. And um, I, I found that stuff incredibly profound. But it's the storytelling device of this, whereby you think for quite a long period of time, you're following one the story and it, the wool gets swept out from one view you and you're actually on a completely different story and almost no shows can do that successfully Best rug pull of the year Incredible Claire Danes I actually right now have chills down my spine thinking about how good Claire Danes is in the show like she's unbelievable like the rest of the cast is obviously brilliant like you mentioned like Jesse the best, best cry
1: face in the world like, still
2: best scream th- of the year you thought she
1: could cry face in Homeland yeah. you ain't seen nothing
2: have you heard Claire Danes scream oh the scream um, Jesse Eisenberg I'm genuinely not a fan of and in fairness it's not his fault it's because A his portrayal of Mark Zuckerberg and B his portrayal of Lex Luthor I cannot stand can't get past those. Those two. I can't get past them however he's, he's a good he's actor he's very good he's a good actor. Lizzie Kaplan I always love her and then Adam Brody um
1: We watched The Kid Detective for the first time this year, by the way, the movie. Go watch it. Seek that out with him.
2: Yeah, Kid Detective would have been in my top five movies of the year, except it didn't come out this year. It's great,
1: starring Adam Uh, Brody. Adam
2: Brody. So two magnificent things I've seen him in this year. And like most people probably, I just think of Adam Brody as being like a hunk from the OC. But he's such a good actor. but really, I like, I've shivers down my spine when I think of Fleshman in Trouble. Um, it's really wonderful. It's on Disney Plus or Hulu. Um, and all that stuff I just said about motherhood and sense of self, that's just a part of it that really struck me and resonated with me. But that's by no means the plot of the show. And you do get to see, like, I felt like episode one was very much like the early sex in the city days. He was like uh, dating in New York. And I love, like, Jesse Eisenberg's like 38-year-old, right? And he was before, like, he hasn't been single since his early 20s when he was just like a nerd and hot women didn't fancy him and now he's like oh my god I just have to turn on my phone put on this yeah, app because
1: he's and a doctor all right? so these hot did, women recently divorced doctor want to have sex with him yeah.
2: and he's just like living his best life and I loved that whole plot as well Uh there was so much that I enjoyed about it and Lizzie Kaplan had her own plot again hugely related to becoming a mother and kind of the impact that had on her life and her career and um, Josh Ratner actually from How I Met Your Mother was in it playing her husband small
1: part but really really good and and sort of heartbreaking when you talk about
2: best ensembles like I know Succession knocks everything out of the park but like this was a flawless ensemble yeah Uh, fantastic TV um And I really admire the author for adapting it so well because I think, I haven't read the book, but I imagine, you know, you move things around. And um, sometimes when authors adapt their own work, it can be kind of dull because they don't want to leave bits out. But I'd say she was able to kill her darlings. And uh, yeah, it's an absolutely fabulous piece of TV. And it feels like ages since we watched it. But it was this year and it's my number one of the year. Yeah,
1: it was this year. You hear us?
2: (laughs) And now we are going to take a quick break and then we are going to be back with our honourable mentions... Our best episode, our best binge, guilty pleasures, most disappointing, and, and our worst, worst show of the year. Now, Dave, end this segment on the succession music. Has Here we go.
1: we're back we're gonna take you through our honorable mentions now these are the shows that uh, we didn't make our top five but we think are worth shouting out Cathy I'm sorry I've got loads of these again I know Cathy hates my long list So I'm going to try and rattle Dave through Dave these
2: takes honourable mentions <laughs> as everything else you watched this year <laughs> I just want to tell you guys about all the good TV that's
1: out there Right Cathy go, go on you give me you your short list first
2: You go first and then do half your list and then throw it back to me Because you've got three times more than
1: Okay alright okay So I've split this into three sections okay. okay The first section are shows that could have made my top five and <laughs> right. almost did
2: So your honourable mentions list
1: Uh <laughs> no, but like, that, yeah. what
2: you've just said is my honourable mentions
1: <laughs> I've done it oh yeah I've done it very differently right This uh, the first one is Colin from Accounts uh, you've, you've already said everything I want to say about that show but please do seek out Colin from Accounts the next one is another one that kind of straddled the line between 2022 and 23 um, but we watched it in 23 and half of it came out there it, which is Welcome to Chippendales uh, which we watched on Disney Plus yeah. I think is a Hulu really enjoyed that uh, one uh, which is a a, a fantastic dramatisation of the real life I think it was an adaptation of a podcast right that you listen yeah. to um, about called the, Welcome to
2: Your Fantasy that's it which is one of my favourite podcasts of all time
1: Um and, and this I haven't listened to the podcast but this is a fantastic show it's brilliant Kumail Nanjiani is the lead um, Bartlett. Uh, uh, Murray Bartlett Murray yeah. Bartlett oh my god yes Um and this it's it's got in like if you don't know the story of this, don't look up the true story. Just follow it it. is an incredible true story. It's not uh, called the
2: Chippendales, though. It's
1: called Welcome to Chippendales. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's about the story of the Chippendale kind of strippers or whatever they, whatever you want to call them. It's it's it it is a a, a real like roller coaster, uh, and great great acting. Um, and the other one which I did toy with putting in my my top five. Um, but didn't quite make it is The Bear Season 2 uh, which again is a, I think a Hulu thing we watched it on Disney Plus this year um, The Bear
2: Season 1 was your top show of the year wasn't Yeah, it? No, no,
1: no, it wasn't top it was uh, number 2 I think or mm-hmm. it, was, uh, in my, it was definitely in my top 5 Yeah, I didn't get on with Season 2 as much um, and I think it didn't work for me because of the way it seems to have worked for other people even more because it leaned into being quite saccharine actually mm-hmm. I found the, the Bear one Season 1 incredibly good as just like a real like I felt like I was just in the kitchen with a load of real people Mm -hmm. whereas the bear season two became a bit like Ted Lasso season one where Mm -hmm. it was just like really like earnest and Mm -hmm. saccharine um which clearly does work for a lot of people it kind of took me out of the, the the rawness of it a little bit um but but there are some of some of the episodes in this are some of the best episodes of TV that I watched this year, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about in the, in the best episodes oh, section.
2: In the best episode. episodes. Uh, episodes section, section, of which there are many. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, um, but, um, and, and also uh, I, I watched this with Cathy, who kind of hated it, which probably detracted my experience of it a little bit. Well,
2: it's because I was just like, why is everyone making so much of a fuss about this? And, and I think that's a terrible, knowing everyone's making such a fuss about something is it is a bad way to start a show that you're not getting on with because it just leaves you more flummoxed Yeah, and um, I mean there was like love stories and stuff of like this that I was just like I don't even need to see this like they were so. If I'd been... but I love love stories, but in the context of this show, I just thought they were pathetic and I didn't want to watch them. Yeah and look I the, hate watched it those, which I think ruined it for you uh, No a
1: little I think it detracted from it a little bit but I think I think I still would have had the issues with season 2 that, that I do I think the comedy I think it really try, when it's trying to be funny this show I found it embarrassing and not in the way that the curse is embarrassing but then in the way that this is just a like bottle broad episode. terrible comedy
2: Like there's a bottle episode where somebody just goes to a restaurant to learn how to be a brilliant maitre d and that's one of the best episodes of the year Yeah. So it's really up and down and then best use of Taylor Swift
1: Yes, very good. very, very good. good. Yeah. Uh, so a bit disjointed, but great montages. Re- I do really like all the actors in yeah. this. And and this show, unlike any other, gives a lot of room, breathing room to its support characters, mm-hmm. really minor characters in a way that kind of brings them all to life. So I do really love, I, I think I admire and love The Bear as a show. Um, but yeah, a bit all over the place for me. Right, Cathy, give me a few of your honorable mentions.
2: Okay, had to be in there. You, season four had such a blast with the show this year I did a whole very deep dive on it with my sisters over on Patreon Dave didn't watch it Um, You is one of those shows that kind of straddles an honourable mention and a guilty pleasure um, because it's ridiculous Joe is absurd you should it's like it's kind of like Dexter but if Dexter was like um constantly getting into relationships with women and like moving all around the place so the first season three of you his first three seasons of you were set in america season four he's now in london um in a caricature of london and like wealthy people and he kind of inserts himself into a group as he always does one of my favorite things about you is how i think um pen badgley's brilliant and how he is acting almost not, he's never speaking dialogue the character he's just standing there when other people talk to him and what works so well is his inner monologue is like completely at odds with how he's presenting himself which makes it very fun uh, whereby um, the movie we watched of Michael Fassbender last month The Killer I found the inner monologue to be completely tedious and torturous because it was exactly what the character was doing on screen anyway. Like, we didn't need both things. Yeah,
1: and bo- and both of us agreed that's a movie where if you took out the VO, it would have been better. Yeah. So it sounds like you, wouldn't the, the voiceover it. is essential. It's yeah.
2: absolutely essential in yeah. you. Uh, it's ridiculous. He makes friends with all these super rich uh, British people. It's like, it It becomes, he's like teaching literary fiction in a university, of course, in England. And he... um they start like looking at the murder mystery as like a trope a novel and then actually this whole season is a murder mystery so it kind of feeds into the trope and like the literary references and I love murder mysteries it's just hugely enjoyable it's absurd uh, I can't wait for season 5 great um, Hijack which is a show that you tried to ruin for me when we watched yeah, because I, I love unsuccessfully <laughs> now Hijack would never have gotten near my top 5 but I really enjoyed the Idris Elba led uh, Hijack show on Apple TV <laughs> plus I had a right old laugh with it. I thought it was really fun. Every week I enjoyed it. Dave sat next to me and nagged on it. ruined it for me. Um, The other show that I wanted sorry, to mention. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> the other show that I wanted to mention, because I really enjoyed it. I mean, a lot of people didn't like it. Bodies on Netflix. Did Great people not show. like this? A lot of people just thought it dragged on too much. That's fair. Which it did. But like put a time travel show in front of me and Dave and like we'll just be happy. And it's very good. If you liked Dark on Netflix, give Bodies yeah. a go. Uh, jury duty We mentioned already It was on Amazon um,
1: Freevee, I think Which is another thing on That's Amazon? a subsidiary Of Amazon um, I don't know
2: It was so funny For anyone who doesn't know What jury duty is It's kind of like A mockumentary Fictionalised They basically got actors All set up With a fake trial And then they brought One guy in who's the only jury member who thought he was in a real trial and wasn't He's a real an person He's and a thinks real it's person real. Thinks Everyone it's else real. is an actor. James Marsden is in it playing himself. He's hilarious. It's the
1: Truman Show kind of it's, in a yeah, trial. It's so weird. Like yeah. it's really
2: hard to describe what it is. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that In the summer when we watched But it. we
1: should say It's also it's This is made by the people That made The Office And Parks and Rec And it's got that vibe
2: It really has that vibe um, yeah.
1: And it's very very funny I, I don't think it, it quite Kind of It doesn't It kind of falls over Towards the end but I think
2: th- it, co- it falls over towards the end But the first The beginning and middle of it Is so- so good yeah it's very very good um then I have to call out um Arnold our guy we love Arnold Schwarzenegger um like we're big fans of his movies and then Netflix made a documentary called Arnold which explored it was three episodes it explored him uh as a bodybuilder so each episode is about him becoming like the peak of ability and whatever he puts his mind to so the first episode he's a bodybuilder second episode he's movie star third episode he's politician um, It's very interesting, it, like if you're a movie fan, like just even if you don't want to watch episodes one and three, watch episode two, it's all about cinema in the 70s and 80s. But do watch episodes one watch and three. But watch them, they're it's, brilliant. It's, you have to yeah, watch all it's of It's a it. very good documentary. Um, And that is one thing we kind of meant to mention at the top and we forgot. This has been kind of the year of the celebrity documentary. Um, but Arnold really stood out to me Beckham
1: was very good as yeah, well
2: I Yeah I enjoyed Beckham But like but We didn't finish it It's but... very sanitised yeah. You know The yeah. Last of Us And Welcome to Chippendales Are also on my list You've spoken enough about them But um, like I thought The Last of Us Was a brilliant show It just wasn't like for me I'm not particularly into like Zombie stuff Um, Albeit The zombies are the background Obviously Pedro Pascal Is my number yeah. one crush Um, And then Welcome to Chippendales I thought was fantastic But I do recommend Welcome to Your Fantasy The podcast Before you watch Welcome to Chippendales because until you've heard about the orgy room and backstage of the Chippendales in the 80s and um, you've heard the kind of explicit details of what was going on there, which didn't make it to the show, you haven't lived.
1: All right. Uh, great stuff, Cathy. Right, my next section, which I'll rattle through, are comedies that I really enjoyed this year that I think are worthy of your time. Jury Duties on air. You've already covered that really well. Um, what We Do in the Shadows uh, had, it had season five this year. This is a fantastic vampire mockumentary. If you're not watching it, check it out. Hulu, Disney Plus. I love this. Um, Extraordinary was a great show that we watched. Oh, on that. Yeah, on Disney Plus. Um,
2: Brilliant and an Irish writer. Yes,
1: Irish writer, Irish star. This is a fantastic premise, which I looked at and thought, "This is stupid. I've no interest in this, and and is lame." But it, 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 it defied my expectations. Really um, good show. Forgot we, about that one. It is a show about a. Uh, it, it is a, a world in in set in in England in London where. Um, everyone has superpowers and you get superpowers when you come of age. A bit like Encanto, actually, weirdly. Um, but this is actually Fairly. very like Encanto because the main character did not get superpowers.
2: But it's not like Encanto, though.
1: It's kind of the same plot now that I think yeah, about it. Yeah, but it's not, um, though. But uh, it, it follows her living in a world where she kind of feels uh, uh, that she has been left out or she hasn't fulfilled her potential it's interesting it's uh, one uh, of
2: the best endings of the year actually
1: great yeah
2: great ending great ending
1: great just it's a great great funny comedy it's It's well worth your time Uh, it's really laugh out loud funny this feels like uh, a great evolution of the thing that we got a lot in the 90s and noughties which is group of 20-somethings in, in a flat together. Yeah. This is a fantastic version of And if you don't like
2: superhero stuff it doesn't matter this isn't really a superhero show. That's
1: the thing that put me off and because superhero stuff is so played out
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah it, it, it plays it actually plays that stuff so well. Some yeah. of the superpowers there's a I won't speak about it but there's basically a guy who I, actually, I'm going to. It's a minor spoiler, but uh, there's the guy who has a superhero, superpower where if he touches you, you orgasm. And. <laughs> They use that so well <laughs> throughout this show. So um, it's very funny. Okay, um, and the last one is I think you should leave season three, which came out this year uh, Great with fun. Tim Robinson on Netflix. This is a sketch comedy show that I just think everyone needs to watch. Uh, the the standout sketch from this this year is uh, 55 Burgers, 55 Tacos, 55 Fries. If you know, you know. Uh, just watch that show. It's weird. It's funny. It's different. Uh, and now I'm going to rattle off a few sort of uh, fantasy, sci-fi, and horror things which I love this year fall of the house of usher you've covered uh, is fantastic bodies i really liked foundation season two on apple tv plus with jared harris if you like big juicy epic sci-fi spanning uh spanning centuries this is for you i highly recommend it if you like a mystery box show also on apple tv plus silo season one was i think an imperfect show but very very enjoyable and a fun a fun binge. Um, uh, Picard season three last year. Picard season two was on my worst of the year, despite having never seen it, which Kathy has has not forgiven oh, me you're, since. You're and I maintain, integrity I lost. maintain, Picard season two is one of the worst seasons of yeah, television that and I've, I've never seen. Maintain that I was not listen
2: to you talk about a show you've never seen. Picard
1: season three kind of uh, uh, brought the show back on track. Just gave, in the way that Rise of Skywalker tried to do, just tried to course correct and give the fans everything they wanted. Here's all the cast members. Here's all the things just have it, um, and and look is is inherently kind of flawed in, in doing that and a bit sort of spoon feedy and nostalgic, but but it worked for you, it worked. It's good, it's good, it's good TV. I, it was like a warm blanket. I think they just gave you everything you wanted, and I liked being wrapped up in it. It was lovely to see, I loved Star Trek The Next Generation. It was lovely to see this cast together, um, and I also had fun following along with the Best Bits podcast, who we did weekly episodes of it, and I got to, uh, gratefully show up in, uh, in one of their episodes on it and my last shout out is a nice segue from that uh, Will Collins from that that uh, podcast who is a, a Cork screenwriter um, got to write a Star Wars animated short this year which was released as part of the Star Wars Visions series on uh, Disney Plus his episode is called Screechers Reach um, and it is a beautiful little bit of animation and storytelling that is so different and interesting it's kind of like a horror story kind of got the goonies vibes to it and it's got a banshee uh kind of vibe in it in the star wars universe it is so so good uh will also wrote you know uh, all those uh, song of the sea and um uh the one with the wolves oh god wolf walkers uh beautiful irish animations it's in that vein it's by that same uh, studio as well it's called screechers reach Please check that out.
2: Well done, Will. What an achievement. Uh, incredible stuff. Right. We are on to Guilty Pleasure.
1: Right. My Guilty Pleasure. This. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you go, Cathy. Actually, I've talked for a long time. I'm
2: just literally shaking my head, <laughs> Dave. Like, you've just spoken Shut for up, 20 Dave. minutes. <laughs> uh, guilty Pleasure. Squid Game's got to be.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Squid Game, the challenge. The reality show yeah. of Squid Game that came out this year.
2: Uh, anyway. Highly, highly enjoyable. Absolutely great time watching it. The Golden Bachelor. So... Long-term listeners will know that I try and talk about the Bachelor often. Nobody cares or interacts with it when I talk <laughs> about it, um, but I'm obsessed with the Bachelor franchise. This year, they did something brand new in the states, and I'm sure it will happen then in all the countries, other countries that that show it. Um, the Golden Bachelor. We got Gary. He's a widower. He was pitched as kind of the perfect man, the perfect husband. Uh he has two children. He's like ready to find love again after the death of his wife.
1: And he's like seventy something. He right? was like he, seventy-two. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um and then the best thing about the Golden Bachelor was all the women they brought in, this like fantastic cast of women, and who were just like there to have fun. They've lived these really interesting, rich lives. What, you know, generally now the bachelor, when you watch it, it's so silly because it's like twenty five year olds all coming in being like, I just want to fall in love, and it's like, but you're twenty five. You clearly just want to be an influencer. That's okay. Don't pretend that you're like on your last legs to find someone. <laughs> yeah. Whereas actually, uh, the minimum age for the Golden Bachelor for the women was sixty. The age range went from sixty to seventy-five, and obviously, like for a lot of people that age, they were like, "No, like I this is kind of my last chance to find love." Like there was there was actual stakes. Mm. Um, there was a lot of people kind of just like the joy of doing something new and being together, and kind of my favorite scenes were the scenes of the women and. Um, Now, Gary turned out to be a bit of a dog Mm -hmm. because the Hollywood reporter did an expose on him the day of the finale. (laughs) So his whole kind of shtick had been that he like, you know, he dated his high school sweetheart for like 50 years and then he kind of said, I've dated a bit since she died, but like not much. Turns out this woman came out to the Hollywood reporter, proved the whole thing that they'd been together for like years. At one point she'd lived with him. He's tried to charge her rent to live with him, and then he like fat shamed her and told her she needed to lose ten pounds, right? So this all came out about Gary the day. Sorry, this is a
1: woman he was with after the uh, yeah, death of his yeah, wife, he's but like before fully, the show. Yeah, he's right, fully okay. lived
2: with another woman. Yeah, yeah. Now the thing is he might have been honest about that maybe within the show, but he certainly And ABC, The show maybe
1: chose not to tell. ABC that, right. cut all that out. Yeah, so yeah.
2: it made him look like an absolute dog. The stuff, the text message she showed from him weren't very flattering. Anyway I still liked him I think the show did him dirty By setting him up to be Too perfect Because mm. if you set somebody up To be so perfect Of course There's going to be a fall um, uh, I really loved the woman Who came like For want of a better word Second And I'm hoping that they make The golden Bachelor next year And she can be the bachelor. Seems like a shoe in They're going to have a wedding On the 4th of January The golden wedding
1: Is it live Gary's It's going to ma- be live streamed
2: uh, Gary's going to be marrying His engaged Is his name actually Gar- G- it's Gary, Gary It's Gary
1: Or are you taking the piss It's
2: pit? spelt it's either spelled Gary or Jerry, but it's pronounced Gary. Which, what? <laughs> it's pronounced oh, so Gary. you're not just doing the accent. No, it's pronounced Gary. Gary. His name's Gary. Gary. And finally, my third guilty pleasure of the year was, um, I always put reality TV into guilty pleasure. I don't know why. I can never put it in any other category. Ultimatum Queer Love. Oh, that was great. We had a great watch really on that, that earlier yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah. Now, it ended in absolute bedlam and chaos but it was really great to see these queer relationships on screen um, still beggars belief that they had this random actress it wasn't the lachey presenting it it wasn't Nick and Vanessa who usually present the stuff it was like this straight actress it was bizarre it was such a missed opportunity to have a queer host anyway I really enjoyed it it was absolutely a hot mess at the end but it was a great binge Um, alright Dave what was your guilty pleasure?
1: I just picked one it's not in reality TV and I, I think you're gonna feel like this should have been on your list oh. as well Netflix released uh a show this year which was like its, it's gimmick hook was that you can watch it in any order
2: oh I forgot a kaleidoscope kaleidoscope
1: yeah that was so fun. it's a heist uh, it's a heist show that there's like I think there's like eight or ten episodes you you, you they all have a different colour and you you can watch them in any order you like and then it all kind so of fun. makes sense which I, I, I good I, gimmick and it's my guilty pleasure because I think this is an objectively bad show. It was like, really bad. It's really bad. But we loved <laughs> but it. But I loved it. Yeah, I really did. did. And it, it, because it is a heist thing, um, I think heist things are always fun, even when they're completely by the numbers. Um, this was this show had some of the, just the worst, like, um, de-aging effects and wigs. Yeah. Like, just awful Shocking. stuff. Some really bad acting. But
2: every now and then there was a good episode.
1: It's got some good stuff in it. Yeah. Um, uh, but it is... And 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 I will say for the most part the gimmick kind of does hold up. I think it does kind of, and a heist is suited to jumping back and forth, yeah. and it does kind of work. But it was a good bit of fun. It was something different. I it's admired not the good, audacity. But yeah, it, it is. It was. That's and I'm my not going to name
2: pleasure. and shame anyone, but there's some. There's an actor in this show that you would have thought was a good actor before, and after watching this, you're like, oh, they're really not good. <laughs> um, okay, we've two things left. Best episode episode of the year. Um, Mine had to be Fleischman in Trouble episode seven. Exquisite yeah, exquisite TV. That's
1: on my, my my short list as well. No, Dave, this isn't a short list. This is list. my long. This
2: is, this is do a, you want the short list no, or the long list? <laughs> I want I want your number one best episode of the year. Uh, mine is Fleischman in Trouble episode seven. Could have been the Succession finale, um, but but I went with Fleischman in Trouble episode seven because it pulled the rug out under me and it left me quite um I don't know what word like profoundly impacted.
1: Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my best episode of TV, but here are the right. ones that could have no. made it very give, quickly. No.
2: no, no, I have to
3: I have Let's to speak about out. these
1: episodes. That was one of them. Fleischman is in trouble. Episode seven, season one, episode three of Silo has the most thrilling, incredible, incredible moments when. The, a machine breaks Basically yeah. And they have to fix it And that they, was when we that's were like, incredibly tense We
2: were like Silo's the best yeah. show of the year No it never lived up to that episode No it again.
1: never lives up to that episode yeah, And that it's pretty bad brilliant. in places But uh, The Bear Despite not making my, my top 5 Has two of the best episodes of the year One which you have mentioned Is episode 7 Forks uh, With Ebon Moss back rack, um Learning to be a Whatever A fancy waiter um, And then the other one is Season 2 episode 4 Called Honeydew with a very side character, Marcus. Oh, um, I love that one. Um, visiting, um, I forget where somewhere, in, somewhere in Europe, and just training b- to be a pastry chef. Yeah. But it's so. This is when the bear is at its best. It's yeah. just like really quiet, intimate, like really about the food and the and the, and, the and, and and lovely, lovely episode of TV.
2: This segues nicely into a category we don't have. But my worst episode of the year was the Christmas episode of the Bear season. Yeah, which is a lot I of people's best of the year. It. Yeah, I you couldn't, couldn't stand it. It was
1: chaotic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It
2: was too stressful.
1: Um, but but actually has. some some of the best cameos of the year um, Succession season 4 episode 3 Connor's wedding
2: incredible. almost
1: was my best of the incredible. year and and I, and I almost regret not putting Connor it on an incredible go down bit of h- TV
2: Connor will go down history as one of the best TV characters
1: <laughs> but like that episode has everything yeah. just, like it is one of the best episodes of all time yeah. but the one I had to go with is oh the wait
2: that wasn't even okay so no this your? is the
1: one I chose The Last of Us season 1 episode 3 long long time uh, with Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett as Bill and Frank. Bad about that. Um telling its own it's a, a little bottle episode of this show um which takes two characters who weren't really properly explored in the game and then just elevates that goes into their backstory. It is a beautiful episode of television that feels really odd to exist in a post-apocalyptic zombie thing. Okay,
2: I'm changing my list. That is that is joined first with Fleischman in Trouble because I forgot about it's that. It's
1: one of the best episodes of TV yeah. ever made. It is like you could watch that as a standalone thing. It is two beautiful performances from two fantastic yeah. actors. I mean, we're
2: obsessed at Mary Bartlett. It's so,
1: so good. And also the audacity of a show to put that Three episodes in When they've just barely Established the main characters And then to have episodes Where they don't even feature
2: I think the show Suffered for it though Because I was so into that episode
1: You want the show with them That I was
2: like Wait why am I back to these Fucking zombies again Uh, Yeah 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 But yeah that was incredible Okay and uh, Finally before we go for a break We're going to do Best binge Which is another new category Okay go I struggled with this And almost all my best binges Are on Netflix Because they are inherently Built for binges But I ended on Jury duty
1: Oh yeah we, we loved that I think
2: we watched it Over two nights Yeah like, That was a binge That we yeah. did over the summer And we had A lot of laugh from it uh, Laughter from it um, We even got like Takeaway Because we didn't want to Get up and cook Or anything Because we were just Having so much fun Watching it So my best binge Was Jury Duty Now I know I didn't Love the last episode But I still think It was actually Brilliant Experimental fun TV And I had a ball with it
3: Okay
1: great shout Um, I'm not going to give you A long list There were many But I'm just going to Give you my my choice Of best our best binge of the year is Gen V on Prime oh, Video? It. Yeah, which we watched very recently. That was great. This is the offshoot of The Boys uh, on Prime Video. Both shows I think are fantastic. Just like fun, gory, sensational, like dark, gross superhero stuff. Um, this is this is as good as The Boys. It was a fantastic um, season of television that you can't put down. It is so fun. It was really great fun. cast of of. Uh, kind of teen- teens in university uh, Like oh, So so good I think a central sort of Plot mystery That barrels along mm-hmm. Keeps you invested And then does connect With The Boys Main TV show In interesting ways
2: And I don't watch The Boys But I really like Gen V Yeah you B. can still
1: watch Gen yeah. V Without it uh, So that's my choice
2: Okay great choice For Best Binge Now we're going to take a break And we will be back With Most Disappointing And Everyone's favourite list The Worst List
1: Okay we've decided to come outside back to our natural habitat of walking uh, but it started to rain
2: it's torrentially sure. raining
1: why did we do this i um, don't know it's too late now we can't turn back <laughs> speaking of disappointments we could turn back <laughs>
2: <laughs> never
1: all right kathy what was your most disappointing show you of you know the year? they say
2: fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me F- i had very fool high me three times i had very high expectations Four and just like that season two. Oh dear. Despite the fact that season one was my worst show of the year when it came out uh, I just I just believed that it could get better. I hope I Allowed myself and now it's not my worst show of the year this year. So I guess that's oh, an so improvement. it's an improvement. And I did... But Samantha was back! I did a <laughs> She made a phone call! <laughs> I did a really, really long episode about it with Rosemary McCabe on our main feed of this podcast. If you scroll back, you'll find it uh, on the main cinema the feed. Uh, so I'm not going to go into all of it, but um, it's just so disappointing. It's like we talk about with Succession how, like, you know, they know when to quit. Like, Sex and the City made six seasons uh, of very good TV. Two, one bad movie one awful movie tried to make a third movie but I believe Kim Cattell was like I'm out I'm not doing it <laughs> like, it's too bad I can't no
1: from here on out it's just <laughs> a phone call and a million dollars
2: so now they've made on just like that which is a really interesting evolution There should be kind of ageing and women in their 50s in New York and how friendships change over the course of time and there's good moments in the show so there were things I enjoyed but it's just I think I'm just most disappointed that it's on and that they made it. You're
1: disappointed that it's on.
2: And that it's just
1: And continues not good. to be on.
2: Even though as I say there are some good elements and there's some stuff I liked. Like most of these are characters like we should never have revisited, to be honest. Um it's just disappointing all around, albeit I watched it every week. I desperately like I was waiting like when it would it, it was like it's my Marvel basically. Like you'll watch anything Marvel puts out, like Not I was, anymore.
1: Not anymore. <laughs>
2: Actually, oh, maybe we're looking for some of the day's worst of the year popping up. I noticed you didn't even put Loki in your honorable mentions. Anyway, most disappointing. Um, I still was wet with bated breath waiting for each episode every week, and I will be till they stop airing it or I die, whichever happens first. But it just makes me sad, and um, do you know, it could have been something. Ah. It could have been good, and uh, it ain't that. It
1: could have been a contender. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Cathy. I continue to be disappointed for you. Thank you. And what you and, and the, st- the standards like that you want. They
2: brought Aiden back, and they squandered him. I'll
1: tell you. I'm. I um. I, I watched one episode of this with Cathy and we did an episode over on our Patreon for it. If you want to listen to that.
2: Oh yeah, we just reviewed episode one together, and then Dave tapped it. One out. of the
1: worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> and and we also watched
3: uh, an episode of Sex
1: in the City. Now I haven't seen all of that show, but I've seen a lot of it over the years, and we watched one uh, as a palate cleanser and and wow you're like
2: (laughs) it's quite the contrast what a different
1: what a good show that is i
2: challenge i challenge anyone who likes and just like that like i do kind of and he thinks i'm being harsh right Watch an episode of him just like that and then immediately go and watch an episode of like season three Sex of the City. Yeah. And then come back to me.
1: Not not even close. Yeah, like
2: incomparable. Like
1: like just is like desperate stuff. Anyway, okay. What's your um, most
2: disappointing day? Before I tell
1: you my most disappointing, I'm gonna rattle off a couple of contenders. Um, but I won't go into great depth. Yes, Loki's on there. Loki um I think d- does have a g- really we both really like season one of that. Season two of Loki really was liked very excited it. for. Um and I think has a very good ending, which I'm glad I saw, but it's just a complete mess. You only
2: stuck around because you heard it at a good ending, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I wasn't
1: gonna watch it. I gave off
2: after two episodes. It's a
1: total mess, and actually the MCU is a mess right now. Um, I think Secret Invasion might have ended up in my best worst TV of the year, like many people, if I had watched it which I didn't because I got out after episode one I was like "Why is this um, and apparently it got worse um, so yeah bad year for uh, Marvel overall bad year for superhero movies which that, we talked about talking, on our best film
2: you're talking Olivia Colman um, Samuel o. Jackson yeah. And Amelia Clarke Just bringing in these Powerhouses of actors
1: <laughs> And then making them do Just dreadful stuff
2: So yeah um,
1: A couple of comedies Which I was disappointed By their season twos uh, Schmigadoon and After Party Both great season ones And things that should have Just been left lie I think Yeah It seems um, But the, the That being
2: said We did not finish Schmigadoon oh, season two
1: Sorry also Speaking We didn't No to be fair Um Speaking of, or or the party, <laughs> but look, but we, that we bowed an out. Um, also, um, uh, speaking of Marvel, uh, I think Star Wars uh, for me had a very bad and disappointing year. They got they got me back in with Andor, and I was like, oh my God, Star Wars is great, I love it. Uh, and then Mandalorian season three and Ahsoka were just, f- I d- and again, only watched one episode of each, so. But very disappointed, I just thought bad, very- I thought they were bad TV, boring. I know they worked for a lot of people, so don't want to, you know, shit on your dreams here, that's good for you. But this is, uh, these shows are just not for me They're They're just boring and terrible. Um, and Mandalorian, particularly disappointing, because I actually quite like really liked season one. I thought season two had some good stuff.
2: Now Dave, what's your most disappointing Most disappointing the of, the of the year is a
1: show that's not bad. This is a good show, but I'm very disappointed by it. It's for all mankind. Season 4, um, which is, overall, one of the best shows, one of my favourite shows of all time and is still worthy of your attention. Seasons 1 and 2 in particular. Season 3, disappointed. Season 4 really continues to disappoint. I feel like we're watching a s- show in spiralling decline.
2: However, and it's funny, I fr- it's funny I didn't put this in any of my lists, actually. Oh in my god, my god it's so windy. so windy! Um so windy. We're doing weekly recaps of it on our Patreon and I forgot to mention it. So I think that's a terrible sign. Um, it's a show I
1: forget exists week to week. <laughs> and then, week and to week. then the weekend comes <laughs> around and we're like, oh yeah, we're doing weekly <laughs> recap episodes, aren't we?
2: However, the last two episodes have been good and we're back on board. So uh, yeah, and it, and it hasn't and it hasn't finished,
1: so it's there's three finished. episodes left as yeah. of recording. It's not finished. So who knows? Maybe they'll turn it all around. But even if they turned it around and had three amazing episodes, I'm confident in saying
2: they squandered the, the opening
1: squandered it Like just Just all over the place Messy Just make messy. it better
2: from the beginning However Ed Baldwin A.K.A. Joel Kinnaman Continues to be one of my favourite TV characters of all time uh, wonderful Yeah and
1: it's very good in this If season. we had a
2: favourite TV character uh, category He would be my number one So
1: I'm just disappointed Because I want it to be As, the, as good as it was yeah. And it isn't um, But Let's get, let's get on onto it Cathy Our last category Worst TV of the year What was yours?
2: Hands down Nothing comes close to it um, and just like that, season two is lucky that HBO made this show. I know what it's going to be. that didn't end up on my worst list. It is, is it of the Idol. The Idol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone's watched it. Oh my god, it's so windy! It's I, actually blowing I, I my I wrote down back. the
1: Idol but on this as it. my yeah, but I thought I'd continue the trend of uh, of putting <laughs> worse TV shows that I haven't watched.
2: <laughs> so now I've only watched two episodes of it. Uh, there were six. It is by the creator of Euphoria. Wait, then, can we stop
1: for a second? My umbrella's about to blow away. It's by
2: the creator... I think it's
1: stopped raining. Will you hold this for a second? You just talk into that. It's
2: by the creator of Euphoria and it seems to have been kind of co-signed, co-created, co-everything with The Weeknd, the singer. Um, it was... originally it had a female co-writer and there was all sorts of shenanigans and she ended up leaving, uh, which is generally a bad sign. Um, it stars Lily Rose Deck, Johnny Depp's daughter, and The Weeknd and it's nominally an exploration on the kind of dark side of fame and being a singer and supposed to be kind of an it erotic- sounds good. It sounds really good. Like I was genuinely interested to watch it. Like I sat down the first day there, like ready to go. It's supposed to be kind of an erotic thriller as well. And an exploration of like relationships. What it is, it really is, first of all, some of the worst acting you've ever seen on screen <laughs> from The Weeknd. <laughs> uh, How Lily is this in a HBO L- show? L- Lily Rose Depp, uh, what I wouldn't call her a bad actress, she has nothing to do in this show except literally writhe around. Um, their sex scenes are excruciating and I don't mean in like a good way like in The Curse. I mean in a way that I think The Weekend maybe directed the sex scenes and the guy from Euphoria and they thought they were really sexy. Uh. Like... Uh, I'm not going to go into details because it's very explicit but incredibly unpleasant and I read
1: Sounds like Tommy Wiseau from The Room directing
3: the I Sexy. read
2: stuff that actually got pulled from the script because it was so disgusting um, but that The weekend and the guy from Euphoria really wanted to leave in and it was like the objections of other people were like you cannot put that in a show it's basically like about an abusive relationship and it's torture porn and uh, it's so much money behind it Like, like the first 20 minutes of it I was like, this is an unbelievable show. This looks so good. It's kind of brilliantly shot. She, it, it's so glamorous and bright and colorful. And, and I thought this is going to be a really good show. And I can't believe in the span of one episode, I went from being like, this is a really good show to this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs>
3: wow.
1: And what episode a two
2: was so bad and stomach turning that I couldn't even bring myself to watch episode three. And what's so fascinating about it is they thought it was going to be such a hit and it was such an absolute bomb for them. Like, and I don't think HBO rarely gets it this wrong, but it was a catastrophic critical bomb. It had highest ever like viewing numbers for a certain demographic like Gen Z or whatever at the time, but it plummeted in the ratings then because it was riding Euphoria's high, you know? Um, Anyway, absolutely shocking TV and you're lucky you never watched it. Dave, what's your worst show of the year?
1: Wow, Um, great choice. And I kind of w- I kind of wish I had seen some of it so I could hate it. <laughs> um, my um, I, I also wish I'd seen it so I could put it on my list because because I'm gonna get a lot of shit for my worst of the year uh, from you Ooh. and everyone else. But my worst of the year I have decided is Hijack what? on Apple TV Plus. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you ruined it for me when we watched it. And now I'm gonna ruin and it for all of you, you again. Have
1: the audacity to do this. So I I will caveat this by saying this is, I, I acknowledge this is a little unfair of me because, um, you know, when you say the worst, there are there is some, this
2: is not a there injured. is just,
1: there is some TV which is just so like badly made or, or, or just like, as you said, just like gross, like the idol, which probably deserves this title more. This is a totally fine show. And some people really liked it, You've including you. But for me, and it Elba is fine in it. Yeah, what? What, whatever. But like, so it's not worst in the way you, you, you would describe This is one of the worst TV shows ever made But this is my, this is my choice I think this is a bad show And I think it's almost For me, it's just frustrating to me How this show Kind of got so much attention and got so much love When I just watched every episode Like, just being incredibly frustrated by it And how just badly plotted out it is It, it takes, it, it is so stuffed with incident that is of no incident. It is just boring. The so- everything on the ground is boring and has n- like And- and they, they throw character after character after character that have no real bearing on anything okay. except to have some minor the thing gro- ground and ground then, plots,
2: Okay, the ground plots were not that good but you- it's undeniable how good the scenes on the plane yes. when Idris Elba is- like undermining the hijackers.
1: I will admit there is some there is some good stuff there. But um but it doesn't all go together for me and just ultimately just fell over at the end Is and there's some, some good stuff some good twists, there's some merit to this show but I just found it like because unforg- like, uh, there's a really good show in here and it, I just found it unforgivably frustrating and annoying and bad, it, this is this is a bad show dressed up as prestige TV that somehow fooled everyone into thinking it's good and I feel like I'm the only one who can see the truth and I'm going to unravel the conspiracy around the show Hyde <laughs> Jack and it's gonna become my life's goal Cathy. What
2: I think is unforgivable is that two years in a row we've absolutely fumbled the worst TV so last year you listed a show that you've never seen
3: current season 2 and this year you're listing
2: Hijack which was in my honourable mentions because it was so much fun and which you ruined for me while I was watching and I'm glad I ruined The Bear season 2 for you Take because that. you deserve it
1: our, our podcast is now going to become just like us ruining shows for each other
2: I would say then by your standards of what's bad my worst uh, TV show of the year is The Bear season 2
1: <gasps> my god
2: I like <laughs> no. it a, a double down on your convictions no it's not it really it's a, a C- bold idea. move it really is the I idols. will say,
1: the, the other thing I should say is that, like, um, there is clearly worse, there are clearly worse TV shows and bad TV shows than this. But I didn't watch them. I don't watch them. So this is, like, you know, of the stuff, we tend to just watch stuff that is
3: Dave, good or
1: generally regarded Loki. as good.
2: Episode two, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Luke, Loki has some much worse episodes than this. <laughs> but this is just, this is my worst. I just, I, I just think it's just like, a, it was. I thought it was shit.
2: Okay, thanks, Dave. Um, I look forward to speaking to you offline about this one.
1: Please, everyone, don't email us at thecinemile at gmail.com and tell me how infuriated you are. Or don't message us at uh, thecinemile on uh, on uh, Instagram or Letterboxd. And or don't threats. join don't join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thecinemile and tell me about how wrong I am because I don't want to hear it because I am right and you're all um, wrong.
2: Thank you, Dave, for that. Um, but,
1: but please, in, in, in all honesty, uh, yes. Thanks, uh, thanks everyone for, for listening and continuing to support us. Uh, thank you Cathy for being a wonderful wife and co-host as always. Thank
2: you Dave for being, most of the time, a good person to watch TV with, <laughs> not always. And um, thank you everyone who listens to the show supported throughout the year. I hope you got some good lists out of this, because I know that's why people listen. Now we don't publish our lists except on our Patreon, but hopefully you've been listening with pen and paper. Uh, hopefully you will avoid the idle and go and watch Hijack And uh, come over and follow us on threads because that's where it's happening now. It's finally come to oh, the yeah. EU, we've ditched Twitter. We're no longer operating in that space. Um, and we love our listeners. And thank you so much for another wonderful year. And looking forward to chatting to you all next year about movies Yes, and TV. And we're,
1: we're going to close out now with uh, some of the best and worst TV uh, from our beautiful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the cinema.
2: And one more thing. Yes. Coming up after this episode, Dave's yearly foray into podcasting about video
1: games video yes games. yes so uh, next. so the next uh, episode to be released will be my best games of the year episode with uh, my friend tom silcock um, in which we uh, somehow managed to not play fi- enough games to make a top five list <laughs> <laughs> so wow, it's an incredibly really it. an increasingly diminishing <laughs> list of video games
0: it's
2: very hard though, uh, <laughs> to play all those games
1: so thanks for listening and Bye. here's our patrons
0: hey dave and kathy just want to share my best and worst of tv this year So Best TV, Slow Horses Season 3, came out towards the end of the year. Really, really enjoyed it, and it it got better as the season went on. Number two, Hijack. Um, I know that's a controversial one, but I would have that in the top five. Three would be Succession. Four, Picard Season 3, another one from left field, but it really was what the first two seasons should have been. And then number five, The Diplomat on Netflix. Worst TV this year, Obliterated on Netflix, Ten minutes, and I had to turn it off. Secret Invasion let me down. I had big hopes for this as well. Ahsoka, again, another one. Just let me down. Quantum Leap, the remake. Uh, Watch this on Paramount Plus, and it was terrible. And then finally, The Crown just couldn't stay with it. Thanks all, and really love the pod.
1: Hello again. Lovey Cinemile. Best TV show. I know this is a, a very, very boring answer, but Succession? It just was masterful. It kind of put itself as one of the best TV shows of all time. It
0: didn't stick the landing. It did every single thing one can do to a landing. I loved the finale. It was a a masterpiece. Worst was, without a shadow of a doubt, Secret Invasion. I, I hate kicking things, but it was just, ah, oh, just I just hated it.
1: Uh, so Secret Invasion, definitely worse, but there's was so, so much good TV. And my beloved, beloved Doctor Who came back. And it was great to see Tenet again. So also, special mention to that. Thank you, love you so Happy 2024.
0: Hi Dave and Kathy. I hope you're doing well. So, I didn't really watch a lot of TV shows this year. The only one that I could think of that was not as expected from me is Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which is the Netflix anime. But the three shows that I thought were the best this year is Good Omens, Season 2. This was incredible, but very emotional. Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, this is the Apple TV Plus series. And, of course, the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials. These three episodes were just amazing. It was so, so good. But I hope you both have a good holiday and have a good New Year.
3: Okay, we've got
0: Succession, Everything I Wanted It To Be, Big Hole In The TV Schedule Next Year. Uh, Blue Lights on the BBC, Uh, it's a Belfast police drama with uh, Beric Dondarrion in it, really good. Jury Duty. Todd with his chants and his Jorf t-shirt, so funny, and Colin from Accounts. And then The Sixth Commandment, also on BBC, devastating, almost unbearable actually, but just really stuck with me, based on true crime, but not grubby in any way. And a wee shout out for Kin, which is a Dublin gangland series from two thousand twenty-one, but it's just turned up on iPlayer. And then Worst is obviously and just like that, but I'll watch every episode forever. Hello, Dave and Kathy, Stephen from Cambridge here. Best um, TV. Let me think. Um, Slow Horses, Poke Face, The Bear, The White Lotus—they're the standard ones, aren't they? They're all brilliant this year. Colin from Accounts was great. The comedy show, Extraordinary on Disney, was great. I think you should leave, obviously. Um, not you, um, Taskmaster again, always brilliant, always a great cast, worst or most, most disappointing was Secret Invasion, obviously, doesn't need anything more to say, and actually Yellow Jackets was a, a disappointing second series of that um, that's all thanks for the podcast, Happy New Year Hello, hello, hello from Gatwick North Terminal. I'm Sam Clements from the 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest. And I'm Louise Owen, also from the 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest. And then on a telly front, we're not known for talking about telly on podcasts, but we do watch TV. My least favourite show this year was Marvel's Secret Invasion on Disney+. Plus. I have to agree. I tapped out after three episodes. I just could not stand watching that piece of crap anymore. <laughs> My favourite show was on netflix the new show from director hirokazu Koreeda, and now i keep forgetting the title it was the mako the makinai uh, yeah. cooking for the mako house that was it the makinai cooking for the mako house it's such a lovely chill show highly highly recommend that a total binge over this uh, sort of holiday season and my favorite tv this year was silo on apple tv i think it was an excellent sci-fi drama and i was invested the whole way Oh, well, thank you very much and Happy New Year, folks. Happy New Year! Love
3: will abide Take things in stride Sounds like good advice But
0: there's no one at my side And time is clean
3: love's wounds unseen that's what someone told me
0: but I don't know what it means cuz I've done
3: everything I know to try and make I think I'm gonna love you for a long, long time.